The Song of Songs, chapter 4, verses 7 through 16. This is the word of the Lord. You are altogether beautiful, my love. There is no flaw in you. Come with me from Lebanon, my bride. Come with me from Lebanon. Depart from the peak of Amana, from the peak of Sinir and Hermon, from the dens of lions, from the mountains of leopards. You have captivated my heart, my sister, my bride. You have captivated my heart with one glance of your eyes, with one jewel of your necklace. How beautiful is your love, my sister, my bride. How much better is your love than wine and the fragrance of your oils than any spice. Your lips drip nectar, my bride. Honey and milk are under your tongue. And the fragrance of your garments is like the fragrance of Lebanon. The garden locked is my sister, my bride. A spring locked, a fountain sealed. Your shoots are an orchard of pomegranates with all choicest fruits. Henna with nard, nard and saffron, calamus and cinnamon, with all trees of frankincense, myrrh and aloes, with all choice spices. A garden fountain, a well of living water, and flowing streams from Lebanon. Awake, O north wind, and come, O south wind. Blow upon my garden. Let its spices flow. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Our Lord and our God, open our ears that we may hear. Open our hearts that we may love. Grant to us your grace that we may know your son better as he offers himself to us in these words. We ask in his name. Amen. The Lord dwells in perfect beauty. For the Lord is not only beautiful, he is beauty itself. The Lord is a communion of beauty. For the beauty of the Lord 
is the beauty of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Within this communion of beauty, there is no envy or pride, but only mutual enjoyment and delight. The Father delights in the beauty of the Son, and the Son delights in the beauty of the Father, and that delight is the beauty of the Spirit, in whom they also delight. The life of God is a life of mutual love. It is a life of mutual joy. And out of this overflowing love and joy, the Lord made man. He made man to share in this life. It is why we say that man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. It is how man, as a creature, participates in the life of his creator. For the life of God is a life of mutual glorification and mutual enjoyment. The Father glorifies the Son, and the Son glorifies the Father. And the Spirit glorifies the Father and the Son, and the Father and the Son glorify the Spirit. For the Father is the glory of the Son, and the Son is the glory of the Father, and the Spirit is the glory of the Father and the Son. In glorifying one another, they enjoy one another. The greatest gift of God to man, it is worship. For in giving us worship, he gives us himself. It is in worship that we draw near to him. It is in worship that we are drawn into his life. And here is perhaps the greatest wonder of all. Not only that God would dwell with man, but that he would make man his dwelling place. Consider this glory for which we were created, for which we have been saved. God, as the dwelling place of man, and man as the dwelling place of God, he in us and we in him. It is a life 
of mutual indwelling. It is a life of eternal communion, a life that reflects that communion within God himself as the Father dwells in the Son, and the Son dwells in the Father, and the Father and Son dwell in the Spirit, and the Spirit in the Father and the Son. See how great his love is for us. That he would create something outside of himself to know the joy of what he possesses within himself. But how do we come to know it? We come to know it through our marriage to the Son. As he became one with our flesh, we become one with his flesh. United to his flesh, we are united to him. And united to him, we are united to God. The marriage of man and woman, it is a mystery. And that mystery refers to Christ and the church. The marriage of God and man. And so the beauty of marriage is more than the beauty of the man and the beauty of the woman. It is more than the beauty of their bodies or the beauty of their souls. The beauty of marriage is the beauty of their love. That love in which the man and the woman extol one another. That love in which the man and the woman delight in one another. Love is a reflection of that life that is within God. It is a reflection of our life with God. This delight. In the Song of Songs, it is first expressed by the woman in the words with which the song begins. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. But that delight is not only expressed by the woman. It is also expressed by the man. And we hear her longing in his longing. We hear it in the words that he speaks now. You have captivated my heart with one glance of your eyes. See the beauty of marriage. 
It is the beauty of mutual delight. If marriage is to be a communion of beauty, there must be mutual delight. This is not a captivation against the will. It is a captivation of the will. Neither belongs to the other by force. They are not captivated by force. They are captivated by love. And notice by what the man is captivated. By the glance of her eyes. Though he extols the beauty of her body. He is not captivated by her body. He is captivated by her glance. What is this glance? It is a window into her heart. This glance, it tells him that she has given her heart to him. That her heart belongs to him. The communion of marriage is found in this glance between man and woman. The communion of marriage is summarized by this glance between husband and wife. It is the glance that we find in the first marriage. When Adam saw the woman, his heart was captivated by one glance of her eyes. And that glance turned into a gaze as they beheld one another. And surely it was by this gaze of mutual love and delight that the man and the woman were both naked and not ashamed. That love and delight, it was a shield about them. It was a garment that covered them. But see how her glance, it is born of her desire. And her desire, it is born of his goodness. A woman does not glance at her husband in this way simply because he is her husband. Will she glance at him this way if his words are harsh? Will she glance at him this way 
if he makes her to suffer his silence, what will her glance then be? Will she not instead glance at him in fear? Does your wife feel protected when you look into her eyes? Or does she feel intimidated? Does she feel humiliated? Does she feel secure? And your love. Or does she feel naked and ashamed? This glance of the eyes and the gaze that follows, it is meant to be a conversation of love. It is meant to be a covering of love, to look into another's eyes. It is a communion of love. It is a liturgy of love. For consider, in the Song of Songs, Though the first voice that we hear is the woman's. The desire she expresses has been elicited by the man's love. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. And why? Because your love is better than wine. She responds to his love with love. Her love is the response and the reflection of his own love. Notice how the man describes the woman's love in chapter 4. And the very way that she first described his in chapter 1. In chapter one, the woman says to the man, your love is better than wine. And now in chapter four, the man says to the woman, how much better is your love than wine? In chapter one, the woman says to the man, your anointing oils are fragrant. And now in chapter four, the man says to the woman, better are the fragrance of your oils than any spice. Her love reflects his love. The love of the bride reflects the love of the bridegroom. It is a communion of love because they both love. And it is a liturgy of love because her love is a response to his love. Oh, 
How does the liturgy of worship begin? Does it begin with man's love for God? No. It begins with God's love for man. We come to him because he calls us. We love him because he has loved us. Our love is a response to his love. And the love with which we respond to his love, it is made in the image of his love. The love of a woman for her husband, it is meant to be a response of love to his love. This does not mean that a woman cannot love her husband when he does not love her. But do not think that that is the way it is ever meant to be. It cannot be a communion of love if there is only one who loves. It cannot be a liturgy of love if love cannot respond to love. That marriage is a communion of love and a liturgy of love. It may be seen in how the woman is described in chapter four as a garden. For a sacred liturgy, it belongs to a sacred place. And it is through that sacred liturgy that we enter and inhabit a sacred place. And the garden that is here described is a sacred garden. The woman is a sacred place. Notice what the man says of her in verse 11. Your lips Drip nectar, my bride. Honey and milk are under your tongue. The fragrance of your garments is like the fragrance of Lebanon. See how the woman is compared to the land of promise. For that land was a land flowing with milk and honey. And see how she is compared to the sanctuary of the Lord. For that sanctuary was built 
with the cedars of Lebanon, with the fragrance of Lebanon. And in verse 12, we are told, a garden locked is my sister, my bride. And here we remember that first sanctuary, the Garden of Eden, the way to which was locked, guarded by cherubim and flaming sword. That was the way into that place opened. It is opened through sacrifice. It is opened through a sacrifice of love. For that is how Christ has opened the way for us. By offering himself as a sacrifice for sin. It is by his sacrifice that he has made us into a dwelling place for his love. And it is because of his sacrifice that he has the right to enter this garden and to eat of its fruit. And so this liturgy of love This liturgy of love between Christ and the church, between husband and wife, it begins with a sacrifice of love. If marriage is to be a communion of love, If marriage is to be a liturgy of love, it must begin with a man humbling himself and denying himself and offering himself in love. And then the way is opened to him to dwell with his wife in love and to enjoy her response of love. And then the spirit blows upon this garden and awakens its every fragrance so that the entirety of that place is filled with the fragrance of love.
the love of Christ for the church. It begins a liturgy of love that elicits a response of love. And that response of love from the church that is conformed to his love. See, he became like us because he loved us. And as we love him, we become like him. And as we look upon him as in a mirror, whatever is flawed within us, we see that he wore it for us. And by bearing it for us, even that which is ugliest about us, he has made beautiful by his love. See the beauty of his hands. See the beauty of his feet. See the beauty of his side. It is the beauty of his love. The church. How can it be? The church has captivated his heart. We have been made one flesh with him. And so he calls us my bride. <coughs> and being united to him, we are united to his father. And so he calls us my sister. He is our dwelling place. And we are his. And so at last he calls to his spirit. Awake. Blow upon my garden. Let its spices flow. May the fragrance of our response be the aroma of his love. Love responding to love. World without end. Amen.